I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. And hold on to your asses, because this week we're talking about the 2022 American comedy thriller, Fresh. Do you live around here? Because I live on aisle six. I just come to the fruit section of talk to random, very good-looking people that stand near it. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Have a good night. <laughs> okay, you too. You know what? Fuck it. I, I'm already ruining this, so I'm just going to keep going. Do you think I can have your number? Ooh, fresh meat. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Everything that has just happened in the last 30 seconds is my favorite. Yay! <laughs> so this film is directed by Mimi Cave in her directorial debut with a screenplay by Lauren Kahn, and it stars Daisy Edgar-Jones and, Sebast- and Sebastian Stan. Now, obviously, heavy spoilers ahead for this movie. We're going to be talking about all things flesh and fresh, fresh flesh, if you will. Say that five times fast. And Jamie, are there any trigger warnings? I mean, there are a lot, but can you just tell us what they are? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this movie is gory. There are representations of cannibalism. Not very yum yum. There's a lot of gross sounds like squelching. That's also just a word that I... Hate. Um, so if, if uh, anything related to squelching grosses you out, this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are there's there's uh, sexual activities that take place in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of uh, there's amputations and amputees and all of the above. Uh, so above. if any of that is not for you, there's also some uh some drugging that take that happens uh, mm. like drugging a drink um mm-hmm. so yeah if any of that uh, meat if you are are a vegetarian if you're a vegan this might not be don't do it for you don't do it it's Mm-mm. it's not a good time no this made me question my eating habits <laughs> yeah it it really does and uh, We'll get into all of it, the meat and potatoes, if you will, but <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a lot of questioning of just a lot of things. And it also just made me really mad. So I'm really excited to just air my grievances about the patriarchy in, in this <laughs> episode because, oh, wow, women and what we deal with. But we need to have a plot summary of this before we get into it. I think it might be my turn. Okay, producer Brian here. I have the clock for you. Okay. Um, so you have two minutes 
<clears throat> to tell us the plot of Fresh, starting now. So we start with what I like to call hashtag hinge horrors because it's basically a girl named Noah who is going through these dating apps and having the worst dates. We start off with this date that is the epitome of toxic masculinity and, you know, males just telling females to smile more. All of that stuff, all the horrible things that just make you cringe. And she's someone who we find out only has a friend named Molly because she doesn't have any parents. They've passed. She doesn't have any siblings. And so Molly's like, hey, girl, you need to just like put yourself out there and start dating. So she meets this guy. His name is Steve. They start dating. It's going really well, we think, and moving a little bit too fast, creepily. And so we get into Steve asking her to have a weekend at his house. And she says, well, no, they're going on a weekend away. And so she says, yes. But then he says, oh, we can't go now. We'll go in the morning. So let's just go to my house for tonight. And we get there. She is offered a drink. She drinks it and gets dizzy. And that's when the title card happens. 33 minutes into the movie, which is really insane. And so she wakes up. She's in a basement. He is apparently someone who likes to cut up women and sell them because that's a niche market that's out there, the 1% of the 1%. And she tries to escape by just feeding into him and his little desires and his crush on her. So they have a dinner and then they sleep together, but then she bites off his penis, trigger warning, and... Uh, she manages to escape and she gets her friend. Also, her friend Molly was trying to find her, but then she found um, he has a wife and kids and she gets captured too, but then Noah is able to get her friend Molly and get all of them out and they escape. The wife tries to get to them, but then they kill the wife and they escape and she has the worst trust trauma ever because what the fuck was all of that? That's the plot. (laughs) And there's your timer. Yay! <laughs> I would also like to mention that the scene where they were boxing, that technique was very terrible, but you know, I'm gonna move past that. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into everything that is fresh. Lots of things to discuss here, but let's just hear if this is your first time watching this. What is your relationship with this? And let's get into our section called Likes and Gripes. <laughs> So, Jamie, would you like to start us off, please? Sure. This movie literally just came out. uh, Well, I guess it came out in in March, um, and now we're in April. So, oh, geez. Yeah. But pretty recently came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun. It Mm -hmm. was so good. Um, I liked how they represent online dating and how much it sucks because it yes, does. It sucks. So um, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I also liked how it took so, I didn't even realize that it took so long for the title card to show up until it did. And then I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. Um, which was super interesting. Um, I, you don't get too many, I mean, we, we talked recently-ish about cannibals, but you don't get too many cannibal-related horror movies, uh, you know, like more contemporary. Right. Um, And I thought that it was a really interesting, like, like, just that being the focus. And and not just that it's, like, you know, Sebastian Stan's character, but that he's providing this to, like, you know, 
the 1% who Mm -hmm. want to eat people. Cause I guess, you know, when you're that rich, that's, uh, all you want to do. I don't don't know. I'm not rich. So I guess I don't (laughs) don't get it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. And what I, what I don't like, which I'm sure Brian will get into it because he was the one yelling at the TV this time around (laughs) is just like, and we're, we're, as we get into like you know the the pursuit towards the end, um, why not just like when you have the opportunity, like mm-hmm. you know push fing- push your thumbs into some guy's eye, chop his head off, Lot, do lots some stabbing. There are lots like, of options. Like don't leave until you know that he can't pursue you anymore. Like that's and yes. and I say that. I say that being the person watching a movie on my on my couch and not living it. However, However. it's just like why why not? Especially when like they're already slowed down by all of the like torture that he's put them mm-hmm. through. So mm-hmm. like because it, I mean essentially like it's their numbers are on their side. So it's like why not when you are when you have incapacitated him, why not collectively decide like let's like do him in before yes. we leave because like we're going to be slow. It's going to take us time to get <laughs> to escape for real cuz he's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere and like they've all had surgery done on them. So like yeah. they're not able to like easily run away. Um like one of them is carrying one yes. and, and also had surgery. So it's like all of them are are not at their, you know, their peak of performance. Right. But like the adrenaline is is rushing. So like, you know, do so like get get him. And and that that's like I mean that's the gripe of of all gripes of all horror movies is like I really have a hard time believing that people like I mean even when you hear about like real life stories of people mm-hmm. like you know <clears throat> fighting back against like abusers who have caused harm to people like they 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 like kill them they kill yeah. them dead and and like they don't let them live because they know that if they let them live that they are co- going to continue to be at risk exactly. and so like. This feels like the least believable because I feel like more often than not, people are following through in real life. But but I yeah. could be wrong. So that that's that's usually my biggest my biggest gripe. Um, I mean, I guess it's also situational. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because if there's a, a, a an instance uh, where you can escape like without them knowing like they might be in another room or something you know and you just need to get out okay of course like get out and just try to run as fast as you can before they notice that you've even escaped Mm -hmm. but if you have the person like you said if you have incapacitated the person then why not just go ahead and make sure that he cannot follow you that should be the number one rule and that's also what I screamed at the screen because they Mm -hmm. just all three of them what are you doing Get, you need to make sure that he's get dead. It done. Get it done. Finish the job. Finish the job. Um, so yeah, that's like my main gripe. The other one I have isn't really a big one. It's more of like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have like the satanic element, like let's lean into it. I wanna know more. Um <laughs> yes. I'm just curious. So right. that's, I just wish I knew more about like this satanic organization that they were all a part of. Yeah, because there were what images of 
like a bull with horns or something. There was some kind of animal picture that was on the plates, but I think he also had like a statue of it somewhere in his house. I don't know. It was really interesting yeah. uh, to see that. But I agree a thousand percent with you, Jamie. I think us watching, coming from watching all of these highbrow horror films, it was nice to kind of just relax into something and know what to expect and know what you're getting right off the bat without having to think too hard about it. And maybe that is just my digital age brain melting, but it was nice to say, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, he chops up people. Oh, okay, so this is just going to be an escape story and a survival story. And it's just clear and plain. And I enjoyed it. It was interesting. The story is engaging. Uh, it also makes me equally mad with the things that women deal with on a daily basis that this movie kind of brings up, especially with online dating. And as someone who has experienced online dating, you know, we all can't be Brian and Jamie and be <laughs> happily engaged. And <laughs> But how did we meet? How, how did you Brian? meet online dating? I was going to ask if you guys have experienced that. Yeah, but she didn't meet him online dating. Oh, that's which right. Is, which is the fascinating part of this movie right. to me is that yeah. like he didn't have to hide behind – if anything, he didn't have a digital profile, which was like right. the total opposite, which I thought mm. fascinating. However, I'm not going to pretend I haven't been on bad dates bef on digitally <laughs> right. before Jamie and I met. So I just want to say that too. Absolutely. We'll have to have that. Uh, I want details on both sides later <laughs> after this, uh, after we get done filming. But – yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a good point, Brian. They didn't meet, but and I, this is a question that I will ask you guys later. Is it even more of a red flag that they aren't in the digital world in any capacity? Not even like a fucking LinkedIn. You know, this guy is just kind of off the grid. And it, how Molly, the friend, found him was through his wife. And so I don't know. We'll we'll get in, into that later, but. Uh, I Yeah, I thought this movie was great. It was fun to watch. And I had the same gripes, Jamie. It was just human behavior stuff. But it's things that happen in all horror movies. We know that there's going to be someone doing something stupid in a horror movie that we all are just shaking our heads at and yelling at the screen for. But that's also what I love about horror movies. And truly, this was also a situation where I don't... I, I It would be a 50-50 of me being able to survive uh, this because... Sometimes there are situations where you're just like, okay, yep, I'm just a goner and I'm going to die. I'm not fighting. And then there are other situations where you might be able to fight and get out of it. And so it was really interesting just seeing her journey of getting out of it and how she got there. But I liked it. What about you, Brian? Uh, I really liked this movie a lot. Um, some of my likes were I thought it was exceptionally directed. I just thought mm -hmm. the shots were gorgeous. Her use of mirrors to show that like – this is just the surface. Like there's so much more going on behind everything else. Like when they're eating at the restaurant at the beginning on their second date or whatever it is, they're sitting in front of the mirror. It just added depth, literal depth to the scene that like where there's something we're not seeing. Um, I really yeah. like that. I loved, loved that the title card came in a half hour because like that's when the tone changed and it's like and i i just thought that was such a good asterisk in that moment i thought that mm -hmm. was wonderful i thought the performances were really good i thought the movie was very clean um just like looking and i i, I really enjoyed that um 
I thought that all of the story that it had with thematically, like Nikisha was bringing up with like online dating, what is safe, what is not, the idea mm-hmm. of female friendships and free, female support through all of this, um, uh, the, you know, um, like you said, toxic masculinity. Um, also, I'm sure Jamie will get into this, but as someone who has watched a lot of Scrubs and ER, like mm-hmm. it is always presented that the uh, surgeons are the assholes, are these like very egotistical people. Um, and I'm I'm fascinated to like talk through that about, about him. Um, and uh, so I, I liked all of that stuff. Um, uh, however, my gripes are the same as yours. The first gripe I have is um, even if you take out his knees, like if you are if you are emotionally not ready to kill somebody, mm-hmm. uh, like I, and and even everything that that person has put you through, you just you are not ready to succumb to that person's level. Like you take out their knees so they can't walk. Like yes, like come on. So that's yes. the first thing. This another gripe is I, I this is I did not believe. <laughs> That her butt cheeks were gone. I agree. <laughs> I because agree. Her walk. She yeah. She had a little bit of a limp, but like you need those muscles to walk. One. Yes. Two. Like she she clearly had. It wasn't like she clearly had a butt. Mm-hmm. Um. That's this. Those are. That's another gripe. <laughs> a third gripe is that I. I they were not the movie ended and they were still not safe because that giant man who was a was, part of the other group yes. was still there. Um, yes. So that's another gripe of mine. The third, the last gripe I have is I, I, I don't fully understand why they included the bartender boyfriend coming to the house and then leaving was I, I i don't maybe it was just for tension that oh man they were so close to being saved but like not one two maybe it was supposed to show a different side of men where it's like molly went all the way in terms of like trying to find her and whatnot and this guy just kind of like gave up like in some ways so like Maybe that's, but I just felt out of place because he just like didn't have a place in it. He was there for information, um, and I don't know. That's the other thing I, I, uh, I had. So those those are my gripes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would have liked more. I, if they do a sequel, I'm interested. You know, if for whatever reason, I probably would be more about that satanic group or whatever it is. That that definitely right. was interesting to me. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's. Uh, I really like this movie a lot. Um, and I, I do agree with Nikisha that um, after watching all those Robert Eggers movies or the two, it was very nice to just like watch something that didn't use the same amount of brain power. Yes, absolutely. Which is not a bad thing. You need a no, no. balance of all of it, you know? Uh, yes. So let's just, let's just get into it. There are some things that we've already kind of brought up with more specifically human behavior, but some mental health stuff too. So let's get into our section. Mm, brains. brains. Which is even more <laughs> apropos because were they eating the brains? Do you think that that was a part of, of what they were selling? Probably. Know. That was just very and also the ugh, the 
the movie is great and it's not scary, but it, it just has a lot of tension and the gore is just, ugh. and that entire scene where they were eating like the, the breast meat was just mm. so unbelievably cringing. And it was just like, this is, I, I can't, I can't not look away, but wow, what is happening? Um, but as far as mental health and we talk about, uh, we've already started talking about dating in the digital age. I just want to ask Jamie, your opinion as a therapist, do you feel like people are having more issues with online dating as far as maybe, and I'll speak from my own experience, as far as maybe self-esteem or expectations, um, you know, even how you present yourself in an app as opposed to how you present yourself in real life? Like, how do you think that that has been affecting people? Yeah. I mean, in terms of it being like a bigger problem, I don't know. I think that my perception might be biased because I talk to a lot of people who are like talking about their online dating experiences. But Mm -hmm. I think that I mean, I think one of the problems is just, like, volume and instant gratification. Like, there's just so Mm -hmm. many more people that are on here. Mm -hmm. And, and like, the the nature of the apps of, like, you swipe and you find out immediately if somebody, like, likes you. But that's not – that's, like, you know, one quick thrill. And then you have to find out, like, do I actually like this person? Exactly. Like, do we have anything in common? And then, um, and then you like keep going, like, can I have a conversation with them? Like, are we on the same page? Like, and is talking to them via text or like through the apps, anything like talking to them in person? Mm, Um, mm -hmm. because like what's actually like helping you decide if you want to meet with that person or not. So I feel like, and, and it's just like the number is not consistent. It's always going to get smaller and smaller as you like move through those stages. So like the number Mm. of people that you both swipe on, it's not going to equal the number of people you're actually meeting up with because of a lot of reasons you, you don't connect with them. Um, that like you, you're not able to hold a conversation with them. Um, all kinds of things. So I think that that makes it difficult, but like, because you're getting connections so quickly, I feel like it messes with our expectations of how long it takes to then find somebody Mm. because it's like, but I'm matching with people actively all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I learned, I think like a week ago that you have to pay more money to get more swipes or whatever, which is nuts. Um, and, and so it's like, you know, let's say you're paying for it. So like, I don't know if that gives you unlimited access to swiping, but it definitely gives you a, a bigger, like higher number of people you're swiping on. Right. And you're swiping constantly. You might even be getting the matches, but the matches aren't going to equal the number of people you go on dates with, the number of people you go on second dates, third dates with. So it's like, what what's going wrong here is like, mm-hmm. I think a question that a lot of people are asking or like they might be internalizing what's wrong with me. Why, like, why are these things not working out? And I think again, it's like the thing, kind of what you were alluding to, what are you getting on the dating apps? Like mm-hmm. you're getting a, a snippet of, of who somebody is. Most right. often it's like the best version of themselves, right? Like people aren't saying like, I'm a dumpster fire. Come to me. <laughs> right. They're like yeah, so, curating their. <laughs> so what, what you're saying is round down when you're on dating apps. 
<laughs> but people are, you know, like the people are putting the best version of themselves on there. They're putting mm-hmm. their like hottest photos and hopefully they're real. And, right. and, you know, and then, and, and so like your expectations of what you're getting both in swiping and in connecting, like doesn't always necessarily match up with like reality. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I feel like managing expectations is probably like the biggest key to online dating and not saying that everybody mm. who's like on there is like, again, a dumpster fire. They're not. I think it's just like, or sometimes Simon you have Levive, to... the Tinder swindler. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, I, I will also say, I know of a lot of terrible Tinder experiences, mm-hmm. um, including my own. So like, I, I know yeah. that you have to sift through sometimes the dumpster fires to get to like the people that you are, are interested in. And mm-hmm. like, and that's, frustrating because people, the whole point of the online dating is people don't want to take their time. But even with online dating, it's still not really immediate. You still have right. to put in the work and the time. So like it's, you might have access to people more easily, right. but that doesn't mean that they're all like top caliber people that like work for you. So you still have to sift through and put in that time. And, and so like, that's, that's something that I talk to people about all the time. Yes. And like it sucks. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you don't have the patience for it, then it can be very hard. So mm-hmm. yeah, guys, listen to Jamie's advice so you don't end up uh, <laughs> cold and broken and alone. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like I said, I've had, I've had dumpy dates. The first, the first, uh, the first time that I ever used an app to go on a date with somebody, mm-hmm. uh, it was like in the, it was like lunchtime and I wasn't allowed to order food, which was weird. And then <laughs> and then he asked if I was squeamish. And before I really had a time to process that question, he showed me a picture of like a 20-pound tumor that he held like a baby. Um, what? And he, he was <laughs> – I guess I missed the part where he was a surgical resident, which I think brings this whole conversation full circle. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was a surgical resident. And it was, or he was a, he was doing his residency and it was like his first week in like the surgery thing. And he was responsible for holding the fat flaps while they Mm. removed this 20 pound tumor. And then he got to take a picture with the 20 pound tumor and showed it to me. And I, I will admit I ghosted this person and I, you know, maybe I'm not proud of ghosting somebody, but I was just like, I don't want to. Be continue here with this thing. yeah he offered me a ride home and I was like mm-hmm. oh my god I can't let this person know where I live yeah that brings up I mean 80 million questions just popped <laughs> in my head or and thoughts slash questions and can we just kind of talk about the effects of ghosting but mm. also the fact that we have like in this movie Noah's first date, this guy who has some clear issues and some male fragility in the fact that he called her a bitch because she didn't want to continue dating with him, which brings me to another point that popped in my head when you were talking of because we can kind of hide, quote unquote, hide behind our phones, we can ghost or, you know, deny a person and the effects of it won't be so... Uh, so much because we're not mm-hmm. doing it face to face. And I think that's uh, something that just kind of 
lends itself to the behaviors in how we date because we don't have to face a lot of things face to face. We can just do stuff. And I mean, I'm not, you know, harping on anybody who ghosts because I have absolutely ghosted people, you know, and have been ghosted. And so it's just a matter of th- this, uh, way that we're maneuvering our human behavior as of now in 2022, that we can kind of hide behind those screens and say whatever, present whatever, because we are not faced with someone actually confronting us. And I think that's just an interesting thing uh, in this, because it's kind of the opposite in in this movie, like Brian mentioned. But anyway, Jamie, you were going to say something? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I learned of a new thing that's like... Now it's moved on. I mean, I think people are still ghosting people, but now there's yeah. a new one. I think I think it's called zombieing, <laughs> where you you essentially like you don't fully let the conversation die, but mm-hmm. you're just like very disengaged mm-hmm. in the conversation. Okay. I yeah. was like, oh, I'm writing that down and I'm going to reference this. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> just giving one word responses or, yeah. you know. You're just like not, you're clearly not into the conversation, mm-hmm. but like you're still responding. Mm, brains. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was appropriate as well. Wow. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Can you talk to us, Jamie, just a little bit ab- about, you know, how ghosting can kind of af- affect people in a way? Yeah, I mean, it sucks to be ghosted. It sucks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's it's really challenging because you have the piece of like wanting to be transparent around feelings, mm-hmm. but also the fear of rejecting someone, the fear of rejection in general. Yeah. Um, and like what that means for different people because for some people like – uh, you know, a lot of times in, in a past work life, a lot of times like that fear of rejection can lead to like something very unsafe. Like, mm. you know, people, t- I, I think people, especially like w- women talk about, you know, fear of men and yeah. rejecting a man can lead to a really, really terrible circumstance, like right. death. Um, and so I think that that fear drives like decisions like deciding to ghost someone because like mm-hmm. the goal is to get out of an, an in-person face-to-face situation so that you're then able to just like disengage. Um absolutely. And I yeah. think I think it's, you know, I think it's really brave to be upfront and transparent around like feelings and saying like, hey, I don't think that we're on the same page. Like I just don't think, you know, I'm the best fit for, I don't, I don't think that I'm like attracted to you. Right. However, it's verbalized, but like, I think, you know, it's really scary because like, ultimately we don't know how the other person is going to react. And I think a lot of Mm -hmm. fear drives, um, you know, the decision to ghost somebody or like, it could be much less, um, malicious and could just be like, you know, some people are really kind of going through the dating pool and like, feel like they don't have the time to reach out and say like, hey, sorry, like this I don't want to meet up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like easier. So, I mean, I think it's like anywhere in that spectrum, but yeah. I mean, I think it sucks. I think it sucks to not have a clear answer of, of like what happens. Like we don't mm-hmm. like to leave it. Th- like humans don't like to leave things open-ended. We want answers. Yeah. So not having that, um, like Closure. resolution, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it it's hard 
Um, especially when like things were se- like your reception of how an interaction went, like if you feel like things went well and then mm-hmm. to like get the curveball of the ghost. Um, I think that that's really hard. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think if, it's, if someone's harder to read, um, I think that can be particularly painful. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the point of women feeling safe, which is this movie as well, because sometimes you don't know how, and, and not just making it one-sided because anybody can make anybody feel unsafe, you know, regardless Mm -hmm. of gender. But in this instance, with this movie, we see a lot of the effects of females not feeling safe. We see Noah walking home to her car or walking to her car from the date and a man is following her and she gets her keys because she thinks that something could happen because she's in a dark alley. And, you know, it's just interesting um, you talking about ghosting in relation to women's safety because that can be a big part of it. You don't know how people are going to react to something. And especially the first guy that she went on a date with called her a bitch for no reason. We don't know how aggressive people can be. And so sometimes, and not justifying anything, but if you feel unsafe and ghosting is the option, ghosting is the option, you know, so that you don't have to put yourself in a situation or predicament where you are get in trouble. Maybe not necessarily getting captured by someone who sells your body parts, but it can still (laughs) be something that's unsafe. Hopefully that is not what the situation is, but like- Exactly. You know. (laughs) Yes. You do what you got to do. Right. Uh, And to continue on in this conversation, because again, lots of things with females and the patriarchy, but there is a conversation that Molly and Noah have, I think when they're doing their terrible boxing about, (laughs) uh, I'm just not going to get over it because now that I know, you just can't not know. Okay. (laughs) But no, it's funny that you bring that up because when when I was watching the movie with Jamie in my head, I was like, Nikisha's going to talk about this (laughs) I know she is. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> don't give me those fucking soft punches gosh they're, nobody's watching their form it was fun that's a gripe no one was watching their form okay to correct it jeez solid gripe uh, yes so they talk about in that scene disney princesses and i think the conversations now happening about how that has affected us as millennials especially because we grew up with such a, a saturated you know information, knowledge on the Disney princess and how we are supposed to act and what we're supposed to do to get a guy and all that stuff. So in Mm -hmm. in regards to finding a partner, do you think that that is something that is still kind of ingrained in the minds of people our age in our society? Uh, Do you have conversations with people uh, about that, you know, not making too much money or being the, the household Wife, and I guess it's also, I I also have these thoughts in my brain because I watch you know Bridgerton or The Gilded Age, and that's just how you know even though it's portrayed for drama, but that's how mm-hmm. the world worked. You know, we needed to have a guy in order to be able to do the things that we wanted to do. So, do you think? I guess my question is that the Disney princess kind of thing perpetuates that stereotype, or do you feel like it's just a movie? <laughs> I think that there's definitely still like expectations, societal expectations and stereotypes that are perpetuated in dating. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I also talk to clients about all the time. Even if it's not Disney princesses, I still think that like there are expectations that people or like pressure that people have in navigating the dating field and like 
who are they expected to end up with? Like who, who's the person they're going to bring home to their parents? Right. Um, whether like, <clears throat> and I think that also goes into, um, both attraction, but like part of that because of messages that are being passed down, but also, um, you know, like, are there things like when you're on dating apps, are there things that you feel like you're like, mm, I don't think I want to date somebody who like has mm. this job, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I will admit that I 1000% did that. Um, I will even say that I explicitly, if anybody, <laughs> not to offend you, but if anybody was listed as an actor, I didn't want to date them because mm-hmm. my roommate at the time was an actor and she was a very interesting person. And I was like, mm, I, don't, I don't want that. That's fair. I mean, as an actor, uh, actress, I don't think I want to date an actor. So, Yes. <laughs> So she got half of her wish with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, shit. I didn't know. Like, did I mess up? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got it just right, girl. You did it. <laughs> I was I was duped, but it worked out. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> Fantastic. I love when we can have these conversations, Jamie. It's It just does my heart so good. <laughs> but no, I mean, I really, like, I think that there are, um, there's definitely, like, or expectations from parents mm-hmm. um, and and rules or, like, the people that people, the the individuals that people will date, but but they don't see serious long-term, in quotes, relationships Absolutely. with them. Yeah. Um, and like, I think, yeah. So like, you know, whether, whether it's like the Disney princess, like, oh, you know, I mean, Ariel is a dummy. She's like the <laughs> dumbest. Like you're gonna, I love what they say. Like you're going to leave the whole damn sea for this man. Yes. Like what's wrong with you? But not only that, not only does she do that, but worse, she gives up her voice. That is the yes. worst that is so much worse, in my opinion, than leaving the sea. Because at least you have like the earth, and you can like, you know, leave this dude, right. this schmo. But like, <laughs> your voice? No, not your voice. Exactly, man. Bad. It's so funny too, because like I always think about when I was a kid. Obviously, you identify with Ariel, but as an adult, you're like, no, you dummy. You're no. like a baby. You're making a terrible decision. Absolutely. It's so funny that like the perspective shifts and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm siding with King Triton. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Or, you know, you get a little bit of Ursula in you, you know, it's whatever, whatever you, whatever you grow (laughs) up with and become, you know, but just not Ariel, please. (laughs) Mm -mm. Let's just not go there. So, uh, here's a question. We talk a lot in talking horror about the lead character and, you know, them being susceptible, susceptible to danger because of their vulnerability. And so Noah, in this instance, she doesn't have any parents. Her parents died. She doesn't have any siblings. And those are the kinds of girls that uh, Steve is attacking. But it leads Mm -hmm. me to a, a question about her dating journey without having any kind of, uh, representation of a relationship in her life. So can we just talk about kind of the effects that that can have when someone doesn't have 
any kind of, uh, you know, relationship model as opposed to maybe even having a bad relationship model and how they navigate in the world due to those circumstances? Yeah, that's a really good question because a a lot of times I talk with folks just about like how the, how we use our past experiences to like inform us, but not necessarily like dictate our present and future. Mm -hmm. And so like what happens if you don't have that experience and how do you, how do you like know what to reference if you don't have a frame of reference, so to speak. And I think like, you know, something that I'll talk to folks about is other relationship dynamics. Like she does have a very close best friend that she loves. Like we hear them express affection for each other Mm -hmm. throughout this movie. This girl literally like gets herself trapped trying to find her best friend and is like doing whatever she can. So like, even if you don't have even if you don't have the familial relationship because mm-hmm. like both of your parents died and so you you didn't necessarily see them together and you haven't had any other dating experiences, like do you have any other relationships? Because like yeah. there's still a lot of skills to navigate any other relationship, a friendship that that is still like comparable to a romantic relationship. Like mm-hmm. how do you build trust with your friend? Like how do you and your friend communicate? Like all of those things I think are all like similar things that we apply to romantic relationships. So, right. um, so that's usually like the first place that I try to go to. And then like mm-hmm. if truly it's somebody who has had like no social interactions, which I would say is pretty not like impossible, but like Very I don't rare. see that as often. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> even if you don't have any frame of reference, like how do you at least live in the moment to like take in the experience as it comes? And then mm-hmm. like if there's something that truly doesn't sit right with you, like trust your gut. Even if you trust don't it. know, yes. yeah, trust it, baby. Trust it. Even if you don't know, like, oh, this has never happened to me before. Is this good or bad? Like mm-hmm you also have your own intuition to, to, you know, like you're, you're picking up on social cues and like other things. If something makes you uncomfortable, like, you know, who, why, like you are not obligated to stay in anything that makes you uncomfortable. So, um, so like that then would kind of be like what I would encourage people to hone in on is like your own kind of like internal compass of like, is Mm -hmm. this, cool with me? Like, am I okay with this? Right. Um, Is this servicing me? Because if you're not, like, yeah, exactly. Because if you're not, then, like, please cut and run. Exactly. And you have every right to, and you don't owe anyone anything. So Mm -hmm. get out of there if you need to get out of there. Just like that uh, bartender guy said. He said, fuck this. Black people die in movies. I'm out. (laughs) That's what he did. (laughs) And you just keep moving on, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Steve. Man, or what was his name? What did he say when he was with his wife, Brendan or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Brendan. Brendan. Him and his wife, that whole dynamic. Because <laughs> are we to assume – oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Oh, no. I think you're going to ask the question that I was going to – so you go first. Okay, yeah. Are we to assume that he <laughs> amputated her leg and now they're together? Is that what you're going to ask, Brian? Yeah, that's my thought. So I have a couple of things. I think that you know we might talk about Stockholm syndrome a little bit, um, I, and 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 it seemed like women that he fell in love with or liked got good treatment. Maybe that is the first one, or or he fell in love with her. Obviously, there's we don't know the backstory there, um, but mm-hmm. she obviously has an allegiance to him because at the end, actually, this is a part when Jamie screamed at the television when mm-hmm. the wife attacked Noah. Yeah, Jamie was screaming like. 
<laughs> like, why are people so stupid? Like, yes. Just like Absolutely. this, like women, like women have to stick together, like that type of thing. Like that was honestly, that was almost one of the more disappointing, scary things. Not disappointing about the movie, but right. disappointing that the movie wants you to feel that way. That like she didn't even have a turn. Like that, that just like it's always disappointing to watch. That I guess is the question. Uh, is is the mm-hmm. point? But yeah, I do think that like that was a part of the whole situation, one hundred percent, definitely. Um, it's uh, it's just wild. <laughs> yeah, and like maybe like I don't think that he was still a surgeon. I think that like I I think that like he was a surgeon and then like left to like do all this stuff. Maybe mm. he was let go. Maybe he was like let go or whatever it is. But the the point I'm making is that like I'm wondering if like when they met, he was a surgeon, and then she was in on the fact that like they were gonna go do this full time or whatever the case may be. But right. regard that's a whole backstory we don't know about. But yes, I, I personally do believe that like it it kind of was a Noah situation in some ways. Okay. So with Steve, are we to assume and Jamie, let's get into the sociopath, psychopath moment because it seems like he is experience, experiencing some type of emotion and feeling and maybe a little bit of empathy. Maybe it's just because he likes Noah, but how would you categorize him in that sense? And maybe his wife as well, as far as either being kind of in the category or, may, or maybe it's not even either one of them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, the thing, the first thing that you said of like, is he experiencing empathy? I don't know if it's empathy Mm -hmm. as much as like, I think that he's a huge narcissist. And Mm. he says multiple times, like, you're, I forget exactly what he says. Like, you're, you're, I don't know if he calls her broken or like, weird or like something like that yeah he's like you're yeah he's like you're messed up like me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so like I think that he sees some of himself in her I don't think it's empathy I think it's like I think it's feeding into his narcissism and that's that's what that is what he finds attractive in her um and so yeah so like I think it's more um egocentric than like an attraction to her Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess like in terms of the psychopath sociopath, um, which I still always get them confused, but whichever <laughs> one is more, I guess the psychopath is the yeah. one who's more organized and like a little bit more organized and like thoughtful in terms of planning. Cause like he mm-hmm. has this whole operation going, like, I don't think that, I don't think that you can, uh, get as far as he did unless you especially to like he ha he's like does he also have a job like is he keeping it, up appearances or is this the, his only gig it seems like it's his only this is his only gig he's only doing this on friday nights you know at 8 p.m <laughs> uh yeah it, that's what it seems like because he goes home Mm-hmm. And it seems like at first it seemed like he was keeping appearances up at home. Like, oh, I'm going out to work until you realize that the wife is in it too. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that's the only thing that he's doing day in and day out, which is really even yeah. creepier. And oh my God, those poor kids. They got two kids and there's oh. no parents now. 
Oh, yeah. That's sad. Is there a sequel? I feel like that's what everybody always assumes when, like, parents die and there's kids remaining. Like, there right. might be a sequel, but, like, I'm I'm good with this as is. I don't think it just, needs I don't think it, it needs it. Even though I yeah. would like to know Fresher. who gave Steve fl- – he said he tried it at 19. How did he oh, even yeah. experience that at 19? I was waiting for him to say, oh, this is a family business, you know, and you just continue on. Oh, which- but no, that's a really good point too. Like, <clears throat> did he like, uh, you know, again, psychopathic tendencies? Like, did he murder at a young age, and then like, where did that come from? But mm. also, if he's a part of this like satanic cult, like, did he experience trauma, mm. and then like that kind of like put him on this path? Like, was he like um, manipulated into like going down this? rabbit hole um and yeah so like I definitely want to know more about like how did Steve Brandon Steve become Steve that's interesting because like now I'm thinking of a, a history where like he this group finds him or maybe he's pre-med or something like that and mm. like he, you know and because and they were recruiting surgeons you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm wondering if like he was groomed to be fit to fit into this role um and i'm one maybe somebody worked at the college he went to or 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 it worked Ooh. in admissions that was able to like interview them and read them, but actually do a different type of test where they're asking them like questions that like would test their tendencies. Now I'm just like making up this whole thing, but like if, but I'm, I I, like what Jamie said at the very beginning, like obviously the satanic cult type of thing that was happening behind the scenes, like adds a whole different color and layer to like, I guess the, the world of this movie, even though the specificity of the movie is about these themes of safety of, um, online dating of friendships of like you know stuff like that so that that's fast and that that's really interesting you should write a prequel brian yeah we'll call it expired not so fresh or even fresher or i don't know (laughs) expired not so fresh i'm gunning for that one expired not so fresh yeah i'm workshop we're workshopping it we're workshopping it fantastic uh two things first jamie the only reference that I have for the difference between psycho and sociopath will always be scream and thinking of Shaggy as the sociopath who just follows along mm. and Billy as being the psychopath who Thank actually you. yep then psychopath yep <laughs> but it's only because of of this podcast and our conversations that's the only way that I will remember the difference between that's good sociopath and that's psychopath. good yeah I mean hey you that means you learned and that's all that's the all we can you know. do. All we can do is our best. So all, we're doing our best. Yes. So I have. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. We're just doing our best here. Um, <laughs> so I have a question when it comes to Stockholm syndrome. I was reading that Stockholm syndrome is not actually like a diagnosable thing. Um, um, it's just like a known thing. Uh, obviously, I've seen it in movies uh, like um, uh, some James Bond films, uh, but. Mm. Like die another day, uh, mm. but uh, I guess my question. <laughs> oh no, sorry. The, it's in the world is not enough. The world is not enough. Mm. Um, uh, with Sophie Marceau's character and Robert Carlyle, but that's besides the point. <laughs> my question for you is like, obviously she was kind of like playing into the Stockholm syndrome aspect of things uh, in some ways, so that she could like turn. 
uh, on him in the way that she did. I guess we could talk about this in two ways. One, like if we could talk about the psychological ramifications of a Stockholm syndrome type of situation, which it seems like maybe his wife uh, had one. Mm -hmm. And then two, I guess like talk about like what you really, and maybe Nikisha can talk about this in terms of like the acting choices and stuff like that. What you have to do to pretend uh, something that you're disgusted by in order to kind of get what you want. Because like, she obviously could have – she had forks and knives in her hand. She could have just quickly like poked his eyes out or something like that. But but the whole plan was to get him alone in the bedroom so that she could, you know, take a chunk of his flesh, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, obviously yeah. that's more – that's symbolic of like what we're watching this whole time. But like mm-hmm. I guess let's talk about those two things. So So if we'll start with Stockholm Syndrome if you don't mind. Yeah, can you give a general definition for the general public, please? And then you go into all of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so Stockholm Syndrome is a response to being held captive and forming like a bond or a connection and sympathizing with your captor. Um, and so apparently the name comes from a 1973 bank robbery incident in mm. Stockholm, Sweden. There was a six-day standoff with police And many of the bank employees started to, like, grow sympathetic towards the bank robbers. Um, Mm. And then after they were set free, some of the employees refused to testify against the bank robbers in court and even raised money for their defense. Wow. Um, Okay. So that's super interesting. So it's essentially, like, positive feelings towards their captors or abusers and having sympathy for their behaviors and negative feeling towards uh, like the antagonizing figures, like the police or other authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it's also like connected to trauma. So like this can be connected. You've brought up trauma bonding a few times. This can be connected to that. Mm. It can be connected to learned helplessness, which is like the um, where like <clears throat> you know over time you you believe that like any effort to kind of change the course of what's happening to you um you feel like there there's no point essentially and you just like kind of accept situations as they are so um so that's stockholm syndrome and now i forgot what the other actual question about stockholm syndrome was (laughs) but brian you you had a question uh, in relation to the wife Oh, I, I don't know. We could just talk about that. I don't really have a specific question. I just want to talk about Stockholm syndrome and like, do we think that's what the wife was 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 a part of? Um, mm. How did she play? How did Noah play into the idea of Stockholm syndrome to free herself? Mm. Mm. I yeah, like I don't, I don't know if. I mean, maybe that's what she was playing into, but I do think again, like because of his ego that is what helped her survive. And I think she was like playing into that um, because he's a narcissist and like all of these other clues about like he's treating her special for whatever reason. So like lean into that in order to save yourself. Oh, you would ask like, why didn't she just like grab forks and like stab him in his flesh? Um, Yeah. And I think like, oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, I, 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 Yes, I, I definitely think it's more like story wise. They just wanted him to her to take a bite out of him. Um, mm. But like, I guess would that have been too dangerous to to do it at dinner? I guess that you know was my question. Maybe if she distracted him by like knocking a glass off. I get it; it's the script. But I'm just curious. I mean, I think that it was 
way more intentional to get him. I, I think that she knew that she wanted to like get the keys mm-hmm. and save everyone. And I think she was trying sure. to think of like what would give her enough time to do that and also get him like it makes sense that she would try to get him into the bedroom because she wanted him in a vulnerable position. I, d- I hear you in terms of the story and taking a bite out of him, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. more specifically, like her, I'm under the assumption that like her thinking was like, if I get him in a vulnerable position, it will take him longer to like catch up and try to stop. Mm, sure. yeah. so, like, <clears throat> and yeah. to actually get the keys, like, he he wasn't gonna ha- he was gonna have to be like partially nude in order for her to like get access to the keys mm-hmm. and like so by getting him to like take his pants off like that's how you get access to the keys so sure. I think like she was plotting like <clears throat> how do I get him to do that and he's like doing all of these things mm-hmm. and like and the fact that they had already had sex and so like I think that she kind of figured out like I think I can get one over on him. Right, because he like, wasn't sexually. having sex with the yeah, other Yeah, with other anyone girls. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't giving them gifts. He hadn't right. had sex with any of the other girls. And he got them uh, – she got the magazines mm-hmm. and the note was in there that like, oh, if, you've, if you're getting right. this, this means he likes you. So I think that she was trying to use that to her advantage and why she like intentionally did all of that because then she was able to like – try to lock the door at least temporarily, Mm -hmm. slow him down by biting him in his nether regions um, and unlocking all of the doors. Um, And I think also the plan was solidified when when he revealed the trophies behind the picture Mm -hmm. because I think it was the trophies but also the phones – and specifically her best friend's phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was like the, oh, this plan is going on tonight. Right. She um, couldn't take any risks at all because it needed to – that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think like all of that – like I think that she had been plotting it, but then kind of everything fell into place that night, especially – like it's also like, okay, why is he showing me his trophies? Mm-hmm. And the fact that she wasn't even on there – which she made right. note of. Mm-hmm. Like he's keeping her stuff to himself. Like there's something about her, again, I think it's all ego and narcissism, mm-hmm. but like something about her that he finds favorable. And and again, like it makes me assume that like this is something similar that happened with his wife, except like, un, like unlike Noah, I, I'm under the assumption that it's more of a Stockholm syndrome thing where like yeah. she – she see like she's in this business with him and seems to like sh- there's no verbalizing of this but like there's definitely her reflection in her in the mirror and like pulling her skin back and like mm-hmm. and the fact i mean he says he's a plastic surgeon um which i i do think that that's true even though he's not like doing plastic surgery on people but like yeah. i i I assume that, like, you know, he is probably extremely skilled in what he does. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, she's – that I think that his wife is also feeling, like, insecure about herself. Um, and he's having later nights and, like, things like that. So right, right. I think um, I think that she, like, wants to be desired by him. And, like, it, it's clear they have this, like, really awkward interaction in the bathroom. Like, they seem distant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also feeding into the wife's insecurity. 
Um, and yeah, but, oh, and then the psychological toll of like pretending to be, uh, into somebody who's gross. Um, I mean like that is, that's awful. Like you see her like throwing up, probably retching because she ate other human flesh. But I think there's also just like the energy that it takes to pretend. Okay. Remember how we've talked about fight or flight yes. and freeze and fawn, but we haven't talked that much about fawn. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So I think this kind of is is the closest. This is like fawn. This is okay. like you're fawning over your abuser. This is like you're, you're still expressing this like positive affection, mm-hmm. even though like this person is causing you harm. Yeah. And I think like this is the best example of it because we have somebody who like is fully aware that she's in like a dangerous situation that she needs to get out of, mm-hmm. but is also, and I think it's, <clears throat> it, it, it depends on context. As I've said many times, I could probably be on a t-shirt at this point, but, <laughs> um, I, I think that like, this is a really good representation of like, this is a, this is, this, she's in survivor mode. The yes. things that she's doing in her interactions with him is to survive, which includes like, being pretending to be attracted to him, yeah. feeding his ego, laughing at his dumb jokes, dancing with him, like all of the kissing him, like all of those things is part of the survival instinct. It's mm. part to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. So that this is your example of of fawning. Cool. All right. I, I have Amazing. one last question. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean how much therapy is she going to need after this? <laughs> right. Like her body was mutilated. She not like the whole dating situation in terms of like not trusting other man again, just the, mm-hmm. the everything that she's been through on top of the fact that like, what is her life going to be like now that she's like eaten human flesh? Like that's a whole nother level to all of this. Like where do you even begin with kind of um, with like, dealing with that trauma and moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think that it will definitely take some time. Uh, But I mean, not that there's like, you know, a huge uh, collection of therapists who explicitly work with other people who have, um, you know, been forced to cannibalize. But I think that there are, I mean, I think that there are, there are therapists who specialize in like, you know, surviving awful traumas. Mm. Um, there's like all kinds of, I mean, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is a mouthful to say, Ooh. is like a great um, uh, therapy modality for trauma and like helping people, um, helping people like, you know, like process the trauma that that's in their past, but like not let it, not let the, the reaction to that trauma, uh, be at the same level as if you were like re-experiencing it. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's one example, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, I mean, I think like finding, definitely finding a trauma specialist. Um, but like, I, I'm sure that you can probably find like even slightly more specific of like, you know, held in captivity or like other like survivors of like very extreme um, circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, survivors of like different abuse. Um, yeah. There's there's loads of therapists. So like, I think that she hopefully 
like she wants to connect with a therapist. Um, oh, and, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so that she can like start to process the, the wild, uh, situation that she found herself in. But yeah, I think like it will take a really long time. I imagine that like there's also, um, you know, survivor's guilt to work through. Like mm. not everybody survived. Um, I forget the name of the, the third person. Was it Marissa? Penny? Melissa? Melissa? No, oh. Penny was, Penny was alive the whole time. The third, the third woman who was like singing. Oh, Melissa. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Who like doesn't end up surviving. And, and so, yeah. and like that was, I think, was that not who the meatballs were? Yeah. It's one of the meals. One of the latter meals was. Well, no, was the it? meatball was hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the liver pate. The liver pate yeah. was Melissa. And he mm, never yeah. explicitly says who the breast was, but I'm pretty sure it was Molly. Pretty sure, too, because she's always clutching yeah. her chest but, when they escape. But also he makes a comment of how, like, she's familiar with it, that they kind of, like, brush by. Mm. He says so- – I forget what the line is. Oh. But he says something in there, like, about that. Um, but that's before she knows that he has Molly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – that was my guess there. Crazy. Yeah. But – um. Yeah, so I imagine, like, I mean, not only, like, you know, being forced to cannibalize, but also, like, survivor's guilt and, like, having, you know, uh, sort of met one of the other victims and then her and, like, mm-hmm. end up having to eat her is uh, incredibly traumatic. So, um, yeah, I imagine that that's, like, a component of it, too. That's, yeah, wild. Also, yeah. a lot of so great information. Therapy. What was the the first thing that you said that was a long title? Oh, EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's like a really it's like a really hot therapy right now. Ooh, um, trending. It's like yes. super. Yeah, it's, it's like Hansel. It's so hot right now. It's so hot right now. It's so hot. Um, Yeah, it involves um, like recalling distressing uh, traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. while doing what's called like bilateral stimulation. So it's either like following somebody's fingers and moving your eyes back and forth. Yeah. Or tapping um, each side of your body. Mm, Okay. And you're – it's like – the tapping or the eye-to-eye movement is supposed to um, represent um, – like, you know when you're in REM sleep and your eyes are moving back and forth? Yes. And, like, your brain mm-hmm. is, like, processing stuff. So it's supposed to, like, replicate that oh. while you're also, like, forcing to remember traumatic experiences and then mm-hmm. and then trying to shift into, like, what's a, like, positive belief that you would prefer to believe than, like, whatever the trauma has left you believing. Wow. Well, on that note, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) we've learned so much (laughs) on this episode. I don't have any more questions because you just gave some fantastic, like, things for us. Bam, Uh, bam, bam. Like, it's, yeah, fantastic. I'm I'm good. Brian, do you have any other questions? No, but I, I, I one thing from like 25 minutes ago, um, I did want to say that I do think it's a red flag if somebody does not have a digital footprint. Okay. 
Interesting. If okay. you can't stalk them. Yeah. Did you stalk me? Tell uh, tell everyone now. We all, the <laughs> no, I I tried not to before any dates. Afterwards, I but, would, but I, before the okay. first date, I would. So you stalked me after the first date. I honestly I do not remember. Mm. He already knew it was it was love at mm. first sight, Jamie. He was just ready, committed. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't I remember. Didn't, I almost didn't go on the third date with Brian because he took my umbrella on the second date <laughs> and kept walking around with it like a cane. And I was like, this is too much. I need this to stop. <laughs> we were in Barcade and I was like walking around like a fancy businessman with a cane with her umbrella. That's fantastic. <laughs> See, you just you just never know, ladies. You got to just, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you just got to mm-hmm. take the time to get to know people. And some things, See, Jamie didn't re- know that she would be with an actor, half actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here, and here we on, are. on that second date, she probably knew. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, but if you were going to be a cannibal, what would, what potty part would you start with? <laughs> First of all, what a segue. Second of all, what an icky question. Segway. We could just, we could just talk about Rotten Tomatoes. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> Well, I want to know what your answer is because you have that question locked and loaded. Yikes. I don't know. Would I go with something more like tender, something a little bit more beefy? I don't but know. I guess something a little bit more fat. Prepared. Yeah, like, like he said. I'm a totally. Now. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Disturbing. Gross. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say 75. I feel like it's a middle ground, kind of. I'm going to say 83. Okay. Fresh, guess what, is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yay. Uh, And it has an 81%. Work. Ooh. (laughs) Nice. Um, as gripping as it is upsetting, Fresh makes a provocative meal out of the horror mo- of modern dating. Yeah, um, yeah. I would sure al- I would also say that like this movie was upsetting in a lot of points, but it never got to the point where like I, I had to like pause or look away. Somehow it makes it enjoyable and engaging enough that I was never like cringing at it if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. um if anyone else has seen uh well no we'll 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 get to that uh suggestions um um uh cool should we do uh the four s's absolutely yeses yeses to the s's Okay, we have the four S's, which are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. It's kind of how we rate the movie. Um, let's start with skulls. Skulls is how it handles mental health and human behavior. Um, let's one through ten. Uh, Nikisha, let's start with you. You're thinking. I see you thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking because I was debating between five or six, mostly because I rate these high if we can have good conversations about them. And this brings up a lot of good things. The reason I would give it a little lower is because of the dumb decisions that we've talked about that they've made. So yeah, I'll give it a sure. five. I'll give it a five. Jamie. Um, 
I'll give it a six. Even though they make the dumb decisions, it's like only at the end. And I feel like for the most part throughout the movie, they're making like pretty sound, realistic decisions. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go with six. Um, I think there are, yes, there are dumb decisions. I, I, it's a horror movie, so I'll give it a pass. But also like it's at a very high tense time. Yes. So I would give it a pass in a way. Um, but, uh, I would give it a six. I, I just thought that I know ne- up until that very end, I never questioned if that's how he would be acting. If that's how she would be acting. If yes. that's how the friend would be acting. Honestly, even the gripe I had with the, um, the bartender, bartender leaving and stuff like that. Like, I think all of his decisions were totally within the context of what was happening. So I'm going to give that one a six. Um, the only thing that, and I would say to, to the end of the movie was when she went back for her cell phone. And that's really what made me mad because mm. Molly already had her cell phone. You only need mm. one for right now. Why do you sure. go back? But I mean, I guess it's good that the wife is also dead now. So fair. Anyway, yes. Yay. Um, yeah, huzzah. Um, <laughs> all right. Scares. Was this scary to you? One through 10. What do you think, Nikisha? It wasn't scary as it was just gross. So I'll give it a four. Cool. Jamie? Yeah, I'll also give it a four. Um, gross, but like very unsettling. There were definitely tense moments. It got mm-hmm. super tense at the end. Um, and because like in it just felt like he was unpredictable, like from what we were learning about him. And so like that just kept making it creepier and creepier. Sure. So, yeah, so creepy. Um I'm also going to go with a four for the same reasons. Um, all right, shakes. How much are you going to shake this off, Nikisha? Oh, I'll give it a six. I liked it a lot. It's going to stay with me. Cool. Jamie? Yeah, I'm definitely still thinking about it. I'm, I still want to like talk to people about it. I think I will also give it a six. I'm going to give it a seven. This is one I would totally suggest to people. Um, I had a great time watching it. It was, it was, it was energizing in some ways. Yes. Um, but I was digging it. All right. Suggestions. What are you going to suggest? The minute that I saw women locked up in a basement, it made me think of split. Sure. So that's what I'm hmm. going to suggest. All right. Jamie. Um, I have two. Um, and I can't remember, I feel like one has been, uh, recommended in the past Crimson Peak. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember, but then, and I also, I guess I can't remember if either of these have, but the other one I have is fear. Fear. With, um, Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg Mm. and he plays, a boyfriend that is he's scary he's a creepy guy (laughs) um and uh yeah he's like it's like a very unhealthy relationship um Mm. and he's very scary cool scary scary i've never seen that one i haven't either reminds me of uh, sleeping with the enemy that's what it came out like 1996 Mm. yeah it's it's old. Um, I have three suggestions, all in totally different places. The first <laughs> one is room, just in terms of what mm. somebody psychologically has to deal with after being trapped for a significant amount of time and undergoing abuse, both mental and physical. 
Um, mm. not, not so much like a horror movie as much as a psychological kind of drama. Um, very horrifying. Yeah. Uh, I would also suggest, uh, uh, Sweeney Todd, if you want yeah. some cannibal fun stuff. That's my um, jam. <laughs> and then the other one I will suggest that I started talking about before is a uh, hard candy, mm. uh, with Patrick Wilson mm. and Elliot page, uh, Elliot Page plays a uh, young person, I believe, of age in the movie, but poses as like a 12, 13-year-old and basically like traps pedophiles herself and then like tortures them. Um, And Patrick Wilson plays the pedophile in the the film. Um, And there is a surgery scene. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's actually, I haven't seen a long you have time. To, actually, Nikisha, you should absolutely watch this movie. Yeah, this sounds fantastic. And I love both of those actors. Yeah. Yes. Um, so those are, those are my suggestions. Hard candy. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good one. I saw that in movie theaters by myself. Oh, nice. Weird, <laughs> yeah. Weird flex. <laughs> weird flex, right. Anyway, yeah, that, those are our suggestions. <clears throat> Fantastic. Well, that wraps up our conversation. Well, I was about to say of Hard Candy. That's not what we talked about. What's the name of this movie? Fresh. 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 You can follow us on all of the social medias because we are not socio-psychopaths. We have social media. You can follow us on the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. (laughs) No red flags here. None over here. We just expose them. We don't have them. Uh, at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, things like Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Jamie, do you have a quote for us? Or should we just do munching noises? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, it's so gross. <laughs> good reviews i'm I'm really happy that it 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 was as good as people said it was and and i don't think this was overhyped at all too i feel like when a new horror movie comes out the people just like love and you watch it like this was fine like i felt like this like was firing on all cylinders of the exact level it was supposed to be on if that makes sense yeah absolutely wait can i i'm sorry can i ask one last question i didn't ask any questions so i'm gonna ask a question (laughs) if somebody texted you before first date and said fyi this place is cash only would you be upset that's a great question Uh, this is is really not for me (laughs) i I would would never do that sorry i would never do that i would absolutely never do that if i was inviting the person to a cash only restaurant i would 100% be paying i like paying and jamie will know like even when we're out with friends for drinks i like treating people um Mm. so like i would that would never be something that was texted never I also don't care yeah. about like going Dutch and like that is also something that we do often. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, don't, I don't like that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either. But if we if you if we are gonna go Dutch, let's go to a place that takes cards and then we can just mm-hmm. in that moment decide, yeah, we're just splitting it instead of now the expectation is that I'm paying for my own meal to a place that you invited me to. Mm. Interesting. So maybe, but I I absolutely don't mind paying. I just think that it's tacky to send that text message. Don't be tacky. Here's a question. So 
something that I'm also thinking about is even if you totally for going Dutch, you totally find paying like that doesn't matter to you. Like you said, tacky, you start to prejudge that person and that date before you even get on the date. Right. Yes. Mm. Yes. You're just like, okay, if, if this is a person who's not even going to like maybe offer to pay for the whole thing, which is totally fine. Like, I wonder yeah. what type of person they are. And again, th- w- I feel like this is a larger conversation about like date stereotypes and stuff like that. But like, yes. that's a fascinating question. It is because I would always, I would also prefer if someone was just up front and said, Hey, this is my situation. We, you know, I do want to get to know you and go out in this capacity, but I don't think that I would be able to whatever dot, dot, dot. Yes, just be honest. And then, of course, yeah. if you need me to bring cash to the thing and I pay for what I get and you pay for what you get, great. But don't just say, hey, this place is cash only. That's tacky. Totally. And no context? No, that's a that's a red flag. Bo show. Fair. Jamie, did you find a quote you like? No, I, I don't really like any of them, so we could just do chomping noises. Yeah, okay. Chomp, chomp. Well, your, your quote was the question. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 